The blast from our past network. Folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. So how's how's the uh, the apartment coming along with with the the pending move? It's good. We're in pure chaos. Um, our living room is not so. Um, but by the time this show comes out, we'll be moved around the corner in our complex. Thank the Lord above. Oh, you're staying in the same complex? Yeah, buddy. Oh, that's easy. That's I nice. Know. You don't have to I hire know. anyone. You can just kind of get uh, get some people over for the heavy stuff and then just walk it down the stairs and around uh, the yeah. corner. Exactly. It's going to be great. Two bedroom, walk-in closet, and then I will be live from my closet because that's where I'm going to put my <laughs> podcasting station. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Live. Live. Tessa's Closet. Yeah. Ongoing comic book discussion podcast. Oh my gosh, I love that voice. Can you please do that? <laughs> I, can, I can do a pretty good, crappy DJ voice. I love it. Like, <laughs> hey, everybody. Well, coming at you from Tessa's Closet. This is <laughs> Dude, that's really good. You have to use that more. Shoot, we have to change our intro now. Oh, no, no. Danny's intro is so much better than that. <laughs> nah, he's a good He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Yeah. He does the, uh, the old man, the old timey man voice really well. Yeah. No, we, we, we talked about that a long, long time ago when we first put that episode out, but it's always nice to revisit it occasionally. Um, uh, what, What's Danny's last name? Dietrichie. Yeah, so check him out. Give him a, a follow on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. He is awesome for doing that intro for us, and yeah. uh, and, and I love it. As someone who like loves movies like Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow <laughs> and stuff, like I just I love that old timey like newspaper voice or whatever it is. You know. know what it is. I do too. I love Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow. I haven't watched. That's Jude Law, right? That's what Jude Law. Yeah, that was yeah. Jude Law was in that. Remember Angelina Jolie was in it. Oh, um, dude. Gwyneth Paltrow was in it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that was so long slash not so long ago. But like, I remember yeah. loving that. I, now I gotta watch it again. Shoot, I, I'm gonna do uh, that. If we live near each other, I actually have it on Blu-ray. That is uh, one oh. of those movies that I will watch like every year. I'll just pop it in, and guess what? It's always fun. I'm always like, ah, it's such a great, fun little movie. It's kind of like uh, reminds me of The Rocketeer, that Disney movie, The Rocketeer. Yes, I love that as a kid growing up, and uh, it's on Disney Plus now. Um, so you can watch it at any point in time and i highly recommend uh guys and gals out there if you've never seen it it's actually a comic book movie the rocketeer is a comic book Mm -hmm. oh i didn't know that it it, yeah i was on disney plus i've never seen it so well i got two movies to watch it's Uh. it's really good because it's it's like one of the you don't get them too often it's a it's like not a kid action movie but it's wholesome it's like a pg action movie you know you just for some reason i feel like those don't really exist anymore and even though the MCU and the Marvel Cinematic Universe tries to be all ages. I think that it still skews a little bit older than than the Rocketeer does. And the Rocketeer is just a fun, just a wonderful, just kids action movie. But it's not, you know, like it's not a kiddie film. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, it's- yeah. Some of those Disney kid films, like they're so freaking predictable. But you know what? On those days when you need those predictable movies, yeah. that's Disney's the place to go. <laughs> 
Well, and The Rocketeer was directed by Joe Johnston. He directed um, the first Captain America film, um, uh, the very first one. I, I forgot what the subtitle of uh, first uh, first Avenger, the the very first one. Yeah. Um, but his, for me, even bigger claim to fame was he was one of uh, you know two or three main lead artists on uh, the Star original Star Wars trilogy. Oh, uh, Star Wars, Star yes, Wars reference. Yes. Here it is, four minutes in. <laughs> and even better, Joe Johnston was the guy that designed Boba Fett. Dude. Dude. <laughs> where Where is your Boba Fett right now? Uh, it's hanging up in the bathroom. What? <laughs> I know. I think it should be a requirement that you wear it every single show, I, even though nobody will know. <laughs> you have I to know. wear Boba Fett. And it's funny because uh, when I was when I did the podcast After Dark watch list with Tim from Talking Back, uh-huh. whom we are going to be recording with in a couple hours, Woo-hoo! you and I, to talk about uh, a comic book. Because um, we, were, we were doing on Skype, and it was the first time we ever like you know saw each other on that pad watch list. And mm-hmm. he was like, hey, man, where's the, uh, the Boba Fett robe? And I'm like, my God, everyone knows about it. <laughs> I mentioned it once, and everybody's like, ah, yes, that pun will do. <laughs> I, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Diallo. Um, he was the one that kind of him and my my friend group, um, uh, my West Side friend group, like five, six years ago, five years ago, something like that, all got it for me for my birthday. Uh, but my buddy Diallo kind of like spearheaded headed that gift thing. And, and I really, really appreciate that, buddy. I Aww. believe he listens. So thank you, my friend. I appreciate I still wear it to this day. And uh, now that I have a washer and dryer in my apartment, it actually gets washed more than once every four years. Wow. You just admitted that. I I'm, mean, you did I'm not have stink- to put that out there, but you did. I know. And I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, like my wife will attest. I am a, a neat freak around the house. I clean the house. I keep the house very neat and clean. But when it comes to just a few things, I go full gross boy on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am fully a gross boy in that I like to kind of like wallow in my own filth sometimes. You're like, oh, I don't need to wash it now. I'll wash it in six months. It'll be fine it's fine it's fine Guys. that's how john gets with the sheets sometimes well i'll be like i'm gonna change them he's like you just did and i'm like yes because you need to change the sheets <laughs> at least once every other week sir <laughs> yeah, i i'm i'm more like you on that one but uh, i am definitely like john on uh, on the bathrobe and like jackets and stuff like i just yeah i never watch yeah you know but now again now that we actually have a washer and dryer in our apartment and the freaking washer and dryer is bigger than the washer and dryers that had to service, you know, our 20 unit apartment back in LA. LA yeah. I'm like, my God, it's even like you would think that the the apartment washer and dryers would be like the big industrial kind. But it was yeah. like they, they never were. And uh, and I, I will say it is really nice to actually just kind of like just just do a small load and just wash my robe, you know, like and that's yeah. it. <laughs> That's a luxury. We'll we'll get there. Our next place doesn't have a laundry place yet, but we are closer to the complex's laundry room. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely that's. I mean, I learned it, and even to this day, uh, we have a um, uh, dishwasher here. I never use it because at this point, it's now been you're thir- just bragging. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, don't I have mean a dishwasher to you. <laughs> <laughs> but like 13 years of just hand washing all my dishes, you know, I'm just like, eh, I'll just hand wash all the dishes. And yeah. like we don't we don't like have enough bowls to like 
to do a full like load it's like we only have like two bowls because there's only two of us here it's so. still more environmentally friendly than washing your own dishes yeah. wait just, then doing the right? running the dishwasher right yeah running it's, the dishwasher is better than doing your own dishes because you accidentally use more water washing your own dishes uh, i don't know okay. if it's an accident or if it's like like whatever but anyway, but hey, um, this is not the dishwashing home economics podcast. What? I'm on the wrong show. I gotta go, everyone. I know, I got right? Martha Stewart's on the other line. See you later. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are here to talk about Blackbird, the comic book, the the neon fantasy comic book. Which, which, uh, uh, the only thing that really ties into our previous conversation is that the whole comic book pretty much takes place in uh, North Hollywood and and L.A. in general. Yeah. So, uh, and so you know that the characters in this comic have to experience the same things that we experience in L.A. They wash their clothes, right? <laughs> I was going to get into something like, how often do you wash your hair? Hey, you know who has really cool... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. <clears throat> Back up. Hey, Corey, how often do you wash your hair? Every day. Great. You know who has really great hair? The girl from Blackbird. <laughs> Good, one. Good one. Solid. Nice so, segue, right? Great segue. Great segue. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I'm Corey. Hi, Corey. I'm Tess. Hey, and, there you go. And where are we right now? I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> we're in the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. There you go. That's where uh, we're at. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, we, we gave up on having any kind of uh, uh, standardized uh, intro. I like our cold opens. I like our conversations that we have going into yeah, it. <laughs> for sure. People get a little insight to us. Yeah, it's our craziness. Like. Yeah. We're into our craziness. Or we lose people at minute five. I'm not sure yet but uh <laughs> if you made it this far welcome <laughs> welcome welcome to our show <laughs> um but yeah we got uh this comic book is called uh blackbird and it is written by sam humphreys and the art is by jen, jen bartell, bartell. Oh, yes. she is dreamy and can i just say she designed the harley quinn birds of prey pumas that came out this week Oh yeah, those things were worse. Oh man, those things were pretty freaking awesome. I gotta I know. admit, dude. And, <laughs> and dude. I was like, I was like, Tess, are you getting these? I'm I'm going to as soon as I hit some financial goals. You best believe those will be on my feet pronto. Those yeah. are dope. They're like yeah. metallic yellow purple. I don't know, but I, I saw them and I'm like, I'm in love with and, these. And- I mean, you you guys absolutely have to check out Jen Bartel's uh, Instagram. Yes. Like uh, her art style is so so just beautiful, absolutely mm-hmm. unbelievably beautiful. I, I love it to be completely truthful with you. And uh, and just so you all also know, um, this comic came out in 2019, uh, and it was put out by Image Comics. Yes, um, so and this cool. is the first volume. We read the one and only volume that's out in the universe right now. So we. I've, we are caught up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For once, we're we're actually uh, we're actually pretty caught up. So yes. that's great. But uh, as per usual, uh, we will pretty much at this point right now just start jumping in full spoilers and full conversation like we always do. Um, so if you have not read Blackbird, uh, I think Tess and I both highly highly recommend that oh my you gosh, yes. pause pause the podcast. Don't stop. Just pause it pause and it. Uh, go Come read right Blackbird and then come right back to it yeah or just hang out here for the spoilers whatever you want to do yeah, or just go anything. to blackbird comics click images and be amazed because oh, that cover my 
bag. Yes. Uh, yes. So I'm going to do a quick summary that's on the back. Mm-hmm. All right. The Great Beast, which is the name of the volume. Magic is like water. Your heart is a fountain. There's a magical world hiding in Los Angeles, and Nina Rodriguez knows it. When an enormous otherworldly beast kidnaps her sister, Nina must confront her past and her demons, not to mention the ruthless cabals in charge of the city's magic, to get her sister back and reclaim her life. Fan favorite writer Sam Humphreys, who also wrote Harley Quinn and Nightwing, and Iser award-winning artist Jen Bartell, who also did Mighty Thor, presents the first collection of their smash hit neo-noir fantasy series, which is the perfect way to describe it. It definitely is a neo-noir fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's emphasis on the neo Oh my gosh, like this, like every single page is just bright and colorful and needs a freaking black light. Like it's, it just glows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's every page is perfectly made to be a poster in yes! some kind of stoner's college room, stoner's <laughs> black light room, you know? Um, especially the cover. Uh, it's just, wow. I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to say this a lot during this episode. Just the, the artwork is just wow. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. I think that's what it is. Like, she figured out how to make artwork into, like, it looks like it's glowing in the dark constantly. Yeah. Like, yes. And and which is good because the, you know, it mostly takes place at night. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those stories where it's kind of like there's a hidden world around us type that we can't see and only these magic users can sort of access it. It has kind of, uh, you know, a Harry Vod- Potter vibe to it a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, um, yeah, like the in world that unseen regard, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. In, in the sort of the world unseen kind of way. As far as magic goes, it's not a Harry Potter w- magic at all you know it, it, it's mm. really got nothing to do with harry potter style of magic there yeah but for me besides the art again again the art amazing goodness but, gracious <laughs> oh yeah. god but, but uh we're gonna be posting that all week y'all yeah <laughs> we're gonna have fun promoting this one for sure uh, oh yeah but uh, um for me i really one of the things i really enjoyed about it was that it all takes place in Pretty much my where I lived in L.A., uh, there's a strong emphasis on North Hollywood, like Lancashire Boulevard. I mean, they even uh, talk about the Circus Liquor Store at, that, you know, you see from um, Days, not Days and Confused, um, Clueless uh, yep. has that. I, I used to live two blocks away from that store, and I would walk uh, my dog and everything by there. But, I mean, I would go there just as a normal, just frequented as far as getting liquor goes. But, mm-hmm. like, I loved, I felt so connected to this comic because it uses real-life L.A., you know, uh, locations. Even, you know, even they go to the west side. And even the- Burbank. Did you see the Welcome to Burbank sign? Yep, yep. There's I mean, the Burbank. Hello. Is right there, and you know, and then all some of the in jokes of like, yeah, you know, you don't go east of the 405 and this kind of that, but uh, the west side, yeah, yeah, the west side (laughs) stuff, and it was fun because this is uh, kind of two weeks in a row for me at least because you and John did the uh, the saga episode in between, but for me, this is two weeks in a row where we basically read um, comics uh, that are based in LA that actually use LA as a backdrop and they try to actually be true to locations 
locations and where they are and and how much time it takes to get from point A to point B if you're not using some sort of magical device. Yeah, uh, that's like the running joke in LA. It's like, where do you live? You live like two cities over. Okay, it's officially a long distance relationship. Like, (laughs) like I I dated someone in uh, on the east side the inland empire which is like upland area and i was like ugh, it takes forever to get over that i don't know if i could uh keep this relationship up <laughs> it's so true it's so true. i mean yeah you literally date somebody that's like if they're 30 miles away it could take you two two hours to get there and at that point it's just a long distance relationship oh, in man. la you date based on quadrants essentially oh yeah absolutely i'm so <laughs> glad john and i work together <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, but I, I just kind of did a lot of ranting about this. Where did you, like, what was your first thoughts on this? And, and where did you discover it? Because you were the one that recommended it. So how, how did this one kind of uh, wind up on your radar? So I'm part of the all-girl comic book club uh, at Perky Nerd in Burbank on Magnolia Boulevard. You guys should definitely check out Perky Nerd. It's a female owned comic book shop which I would love to have her on the show one day and interview her about her shop um but yeah uh they had it as a during the comic book club and that was before I was in the club but I was following them on Instagram and I was like oh my gosh that is so beautiful and so then cut to probably six months later we were at House of Secrets on Olive Boulevard or Olive Boulevard Drive here in Burbank and I saw it and I was like I'm getting it and then I literally just took a picture posted it in my Instagram story and Corey got back to me in 30 seconds and was like we're doing this one mm-hmm. absolutely you knew from the cover you wanted to do it I mean right when I saw that cover I was like wow yes wowie wow wowie <laughs> wow 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 yeah and we're not kidding. You guys got to go Google image it right now if you haven't seen it. You'll be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go order it now because mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous. But the cool thing is, like, the art is obviously there, but the story is there too. It, it You know what I mean? Like, the, like it's a good, I think, it's a good story. Like, it follows um, a strong female who's trying to figure out her way in the world through all this trauma and tragedy and she's doing it through like family trauma and um, death and confusion and she knows that she's different and people keep telling her she's crazy and so she's not able to be her fullest self and um, it's yeah. so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed um, the... I just have to come out and say it. So so the story, the overall story itself, I was a smidge unimpressed by. And that was mainly because, and I don't know how fair this is, but that was mainly because I feel like The Wicked and the Divine, also another Image Comics, did this sort of thing a little bit better um, about having this whole... Ma- and it's not the exact same story. It's it's uh, The Wicked and the Divine is is more like uh, every hundred years, these this the pantheon of, of uh, gods come back to Earth and live among us. And I they're want to all, read that. It looks cool. It, and the artwork is, is kind of art like um, Blackbird is, although I feel like they're they're kind of like in the same category. But I, but but Blackbird definitely she has her own style. Like it's not like a, a mimic at all. Um, but I feel like if you like Blackbird, you're definitely gonna like The Wicked and the Divine. I just read The Wicked and the Divine first. And I just saw a lot of similarities that I thought that that the Wicked and the Divine did better than Blackbird. That being said, standing on its own, I think that the overall story for Blackbird is very serviceable. It's it's a there's nothing wrong with it. Um, 
But what I liked more was the family dynamic that was at the core of Blackbird. I think yeah. that that is that is the real hook. Um, I, I guess I should say that the, the main story is, I think, a little cliche, but I think the real hook of the writing is how he brings uh, the characters to life and how he basically plays the characters off of each other. And, you know, like... I'm a white guy, but I have a a, a, a Latin wife, um, you know, a Mexican and Guatemalan descent. And I got to say, it's nice to see characters, Latin characters, Latinos getting portrayed in a positive light in this comic yeah. book and everything. So I really like that the main characters is uh, a Latino. You know, I like that all of them are, you know, and it's just I think that's great. That's just like a whole nother side thing that I enjoy. But yeah. I like I like how it's dealing with, um, you know, these female relationships that are mom, sister, daughter, grandmother, you know, and, and how they're treating each other and how they always kept, you know, the, the main character sort of down a little bit by calling her crazy, you know, crazy then, baby, crazy yeah. baby. And, you know, it's just like I liked all of that. That's what I really liked. And then, of course, the artwork really, really hooked me in. Um, yeah. But the, the characters for me is where it stood out as far as writing and story goes. Yeah, and well, the thing is, like, like totally fine that it didn't hook you until like farther into the story. But if it was a story with a a girl that didn't have any trauma, it would just would have been freaking Chronicles of Narnia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she would have just walked into this crazy place. But like, because. She'd been called Crazy Baby because she, like, predicts earthquakes. She she saw magic on the night of an earthquake. And we find out later that she is undead, essentially. Yeah. Um, she died and she came back to life. And uh, I think the most, like, this whole story is magic from top to bottom. Just from the cover itself is just magic because Jen Bartel has amazing artwork and her artwork is just... The, the only way to describe it is magical and whimsical and neon, of course. But, um... I really loved when they just, like, what did you think when you were introduced to the world? Like, when he was like, you need to see what we see. Well, uh, first off, when I said I wanted to do this comic, I knew nothing about it. And I didn't know it had any supernatural elements in it whatsoever. I was honestly, uh, and this is just from me literally saying, hey, Tess, I want to do that comic. And I see the cover. And it that's looks it. pretty. And, and, and like, honestly, I was kind of hoping that it was just going to be a character study comic with n- no superhero-y type of stuff. So right away, I was like, oh, there's magic in this. I was like, well, I like magic. So I, I'm in- instantly, you know, like sucked in. So I'm like, oh, this is great. That's great. I like that. Um, but I just, uh, and I love like the way they portrayed how she portrayed visually everything and I liked how you know I like the use of magic I love the the costume designs I think are just you can tell she Holy had fun with moly. that that's just yeah. that's so cool um I like all the designs of it I like the character designs I think she's awesome looking the the main character um it, it's it's I was I was like oh okay okay I can get on board with this when when it first started happening with the whole paragon um, although that's a term I wasn't f- too familiar with. Yeah. And I, and I guess they have to use gems. Their their magic is kind of contained in gems, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. It's yeah. like a certain... I like how... So there's a gazillion different magical kind of stories. And each story, if you're going to make an imaginal story, you really have to make it unique. You know, you can't be like... Somebody can't be like, oh, you got that from that movie. Or, oh, you got that from that story. Like, I haven't really known a story that's like, hey, these gems in your bracelet does different things magically, you know, and you kind of have to collect them all, essentially. 
<laughs> like Pokemon. <Different>. Yes, <laughs> collect them all. But, but uh, you know, what's different than the Wicked and the Divine is this whole idea of these different factions uh, kind of vying for power uh, mm-hmm. inside L.A. and how L.A. is sort of, you know, accordant often to these different, like, sort of magical realms. And I like how, you know, they talk about the, 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 the Kuanga coven or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the La Brea coven. Mm. And, it was you know, super witchy. Now that you say that, it's totally witchy because they made LA very much like a coven. Like, yeah. it was like, it was LA only, you know? Right. And I'm sure there's going to be like more breaking off, you know, outside yeah. of there. Um, but but the Wicked and the Vine also kind of follows this this young female who wants to be greater than she is, and and it's kind of like how and then there's this sort of hidden world, although it's more it's more overt in um, the Wicked and the Vine, meaning like everyone knows that these people exist and everyone knows that they're having these big parties and stuff, but I don't know how to get into it. Whereas in uh. Blackbird the the general populace it does not know uh these exist and it's like it's kind of like how like walking dead like you know walking dead started out at comic book wise it's just an, any other zombie thing like how you can't it's it you can't it's hard to say hey that's just ripping off dawn of the dead or something it's like well yeah if you're gonna do a zombie thing it's like yeah if you're gonna do a magic thing with a hidden world then yeah it's it's gonna feel sometimes like a little bit like harry potter but that's just because like what else can you draw like right it's all the same sort of stuff floating out in the ether type of thing that we're all kind of like picking from so i was super super debating on if i should even like bring up the wicked and the divine thing because you know, on its own merits, you know, Blackbird on its own merits is a, is a great comic. And I probably story wise have, it wouldn't have taken a hit if I had like it for me, it wouldn't have gone down a notch if I had not read the wicked and the divine. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, so like, I see. it's so, only like, because I'm going into this, I'm going into this, like fresh. this is totally new for yeah, me. Yeah. 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 But you're going into it kind of comparing it to another comic it's, book. Exactly. And I don't know gotcha. how fair that is to do, but I guess maybe it is fair because the, they both inhabit, well, they, they're both the, both those comics, are from the same studio, so mm-hmm. I got a publisher. So, so you know, it must be a fair comparison. Um, Let's put that on our list, dude, because I'm curious oh, now. Oh, I want you to read. And, and now that I read this, and like I, when I was reading this, like literally, I was like, oh, I Tess needs to read The Wicked and the Divine. Like I'm writing and it's, it down. And it's not not because like that's better. It's just because now that I know you like this story, I know that you're gonna really dig on on that. You know. Yes, I love magical witch stories. You guys that are listening, if you have any of your favorite magical witch stories, please let us know because that is those are my favorite stories. I love magical witchy stuff. So this was totally up my alley. But yeah, I'm curious how it compares to Wicked and Divine. Like, I, I mean, I saw the art that you sent me and it almost looked like like a stepchild of this art just a little bit kind of like very like poppy colors yeah. kind of whimsical i don't know i but, haven't but read not the book as just... neon ish okay um but yeah it's i mean like i said two different styles but i will say this neither of the styles of blackbird or the wicked and the divine are your typical superhero comic book art style you know they're right. they're they're, right. they're like the more independent uh and people out there pretty much know what we're talking about with that it's like the the image independent art style that that i i feel like image and dark horse comics and idw do a really good job of of cultivating those artists you know those non-muscular superhero artists you know and give them a, a nice area to to play in yeah totally that's it's different it's yeah. uh, like like this artwork is just 
I've never seen anything like it. I think I was more drawn into that. And every single page I was like, I want her hair. I want her outfit. I want her hair. I want her outfit. Oh my gosh. She made looking like working at a bar look so cool. And like these, um, but I really want to talk about the magical buildings Mm. like in LA. Yeah. Because LA has so much history and like, if you know if you've ever been to LA I mean I know you have you lived here obviously but anybody listening if you've ever been to LA it's it's got like this very I think it's very magical especially in like Hollywood um because it just has this spirit of so much history and you know story like the movies were born here and you know a lot of famous people were discovered here a lot of star seeds were discovered here and So when they brought the magical aspect of it, I was like, that's what I feel about this city, too. Like, I'm so in love with L.A. I know you're not. I'm sorry, Corey. (laughs) But but like when they brought about. So like basically when they go into this other realm, I guess you could call it. Or when when she could basically see it, essentially. I think it still exists there, but there must be like glamour spells that are keeping it from, you know, the rest of us or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so imagine if you haven't read it, imagine like like the Grauman Chinese theater in Hollywood. And then behind it is like this iridescent, glittery, magical building that's been there forever. And only a certain kind of person, magical, whimsical person can actually see it. And this is when Nina sees it when he was like, hey, you need to come see this. But and she's like, whoa. And I'm like, that's what I feel like. I, like, I think that like few cities can do that. I think like LA could do that if they did a Blackbird in Paris. It could do that if they did a Blackbird in New York. It could totally do that. Like there are a lot of magical like places, cities that like inspire you. Exactly, like very much like vortexes. Like people, it's very popular cities. It's like why are they there? And it's probably because there's like a magical aspect to it, you know, kind of thing that pulls us all in. And so that made me love LA more because I'm like, oh my god, I feel that way about this city too. Like it's really magical to me too. And so now I'm like. Ooh, you know, the little kid that's like imaginative kid is like, ooh, yeah, that could be like there'd be a sky uh, iridescent skyscraper over there. Like that'd and be I, cool, you know. I love that. I love anything that kind of like f- makes you become imaginative, like outside of when you're consuming whatever that is. Like if the magic of that art form or if the magic of that, you know, whatever that movie, whatever you've you've just consumed, if it lingers longer than when you're doing it, then I think that's really, really cool. And like I I mean Honestly, like, I mean, I felt that way at one point uh, about L.A. um, when I probably when I moved out there in my my 30s. Um, (laughs) But I will say that this comic does sort of recapture that feeling, you know, that I had. And I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, L.A., I miss you. And then, no, I don't. I don't miss you at all. You know, but (laughs) like. I miss you, Corey. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) And and of course, I never say that's not about the people that are there. I love the people. It's 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 just the the culture of L.A. that I just don't like. But the the blackbird comic it did it did spark my uh imaginative love for los angeles and i loved like how the, there was different architecture for the different quadrants or the different covens in there so like the yeah. west side people uh, and, and like their architecture would also sort of uh, be different as their outfits would be so like you could tell like like that person is from that coven because they're dressed like more like futuristically and then their buildings are going to be a little bit more futuristically 
looking. And then on the west side, there's like these floating pyramid style buildings that are there. And but the the artist Jen, I mean, obviously she has to live in L.A. because she's um um very detailed, right? Yeah, it's very detailed. I mean, I mean, yeah, like even when she was drawing like a bird's eye shot of like North Hollywood, like it's just buildings and stuff. But, you know, like I look at him like that looks like North Hollywood, like the building heights are about right. You know, nothing taller than like three stories, you know, like it just you can tell that she just okay yeah that's right that's correct all oh, that's weird you know i got a little definitely yeah. got a little twinge of of nostalgia for la through that but that's one of the things that i really loved was it grounding it right in there and yeah if i was still living in la it would probably make me a little bit happy at the time to to be there and be like oh <laughs> this like, is Aw. this is cool yeah this is cool and i and i too like i also like the idea of like with her, you know, it, most of the first half of the book is her being like, I know there's magic in the world and I just want to yeah. see it so bad, but yet it won't show itself to me. And I feel like sometimes with me, I'm the same way. It's like you get bogged down by the the, the solid concrete that is our reality. But I've seen things that I know are make make you know that it's not as solid as we think it is and that's you know been through my own magical uh stuff and my own occult you know uh dabblings but i've seen things that tell me that reality is not as solid as it is so and and i'm always chasing that um and you know i've tried some hallucinogenic drugs that have not really yielded the same excitement level of of things that i've seen stone cold sober you know what i mean uh uh, with reality breaking and so like i loved that about her i loved that aspect of of her character um of course it's gone once she actually learns everything's you know there but i actually might have liked to have seen her sort of chasing it for a little bit longer you know yeah Uh, and and then oh like i see what you're saying like just kind of draw it out a little bit more just just a smidge yeah just a smidge trying to trying to chase chase magic a little bit longer um but i get what they're going for i get what where they wanted to to go with it and you know and and also too like what i was saying with the comparison of wicked wicked and the divine the 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 comparisons may get further and further apart as the story keeps going like Walking Dead became an infinitely more interesting comic book a hundred issues after the first issue. Like, in the first couple issues, you're like, well, this is just the same as every other zombie comic we've ever read. It wasn't until right. later that it sort of break broke out of that, and you got to see this, the specialness of it. So the the similarities could just be in this first you know chunk and then after this it can go into different directions that that wicked the vine does not go into and mm-hmm. i might be more pulled into the overall story but as it stands i do want to see where it goes with her uh with this because now she's a part of this other coven that wasn't really her own and mm-hmm. and, so, and and you can tell that the, the the head of that coven is maybe doing that as sort of a power play type of thing but yet she thinks it's genuine so yeah. I like where that's it could be there could be some Game of Thrones type of stuff going on you know yeah I don't totally know and which is cool and, and I want to ask you like so we've talked about the magical part of it but like I'm really curious because the part of the story of any story is the relationship aspect which yeah. really ignites the empath in us as a viewer or as a reader right so what did you think about the relationships that Sam Humphrey built in this story that that was, I mean, those were my favorite parts of it. That's I like that right. more than the actual story itself. I liked, uh, and and like I said, we don't know where it's going just yet. But from what I've seen, um, I like I like 
the relationship of, of her and her mom and her, you know, her grandparents. I just like this whole thing now. And it's almost like reverse Harry Potter where huh. her, her, her family is, <laughs> well, like, uh, well, you know, he was like grew, grew up with the muggles and, mm-hmm. and he turned out to be special. Whereas at the beginning of this, you find out that maybe she wasn't like, she was more of the muggle and her family was the, the magic, but yet, yeah. but then it kind of oh, spins, right? but then Good it kind of, but then it kind of spins it back around and that she was actually the special one from the get-go. So I, I do like that. I like how now it's kind of like her against her mom and her sister. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we don't know, but but I like where it's set up. I like, I guess at the end of the day, I like the relationships. Um, we didn't, I just feel like we didn't see enough to really know, but I like the building blocks that this set. This was like, this is an origin trade. Like this is, it's starting this world. It's building this world. So they're going to have to take time to build it and then later on they can take that time yeah, like like they don't need to spend time on building the world they've already done it here they can start putting that time towards the characters towards the the story towards where it's going to go the plot and everything and this right. is very much like a like more of like a ground lane story yeah totally so that like we don't have to go back and know that like she has a troubled past with like her yeah. drunk dad her dead mom her captured sister like who hounds her for the drug she does and all those things but yeah I agree with you like the relationship part was certainly the best part of the story because it is I I think it's absolutely relatable because if you have a family like you know these troubles exist and Sam Humphreys I actually listened to a panel with Sam Humphreys and Jim Bartell it's on YouTube and they were like at WonderCon I think um if you have a moment to think listen to it it's really awesome he just kind of talked about how He also had a troubled past, so he brought a lot of this to this story. So I think a lot of it comes from his own. So it was like he drew from a lot of truth, which I think is really awesome when artists can do that and writers can do that. Um, And that makes sense to me. Yeah, does it? Does it? Because well, because um, I mean, it makes sense now that I know what I read. Because like I said, I I felt like that the story arc itself was a little bit lacking, but I thought the characters were great. So he he was really honed in and focused on the characters and at the end of the day i think if you're going to err on one of the two i think you should always make uh, your characters better you know i think the story can service it and and whatnot but you know if you have crappy characters it doesn't matter how good the story is or, or how, how good beautiful the, art the artwork is, is. Yeah, or yeah. how beautiful the artwork <laughs> is you won't really care so yeah i think he made i think the creative team made all the right choices you know what i mean um i think they made a great the right choice and 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 more focusing on that but that's why i'm like i felt like the characters and and the trauma and and their relationships that was the most believable stuff there and so you say that it came from his own personal experience that makes sense too yeah right and what was crazy is that like so it starts out like it has the groundwork it's like the mom daughter sister which i only lived with my mom and my sister so I'm very much like okay I'm on point except I was the older sister um Nina's the younger sister so so I understand those like protective older sister vibes that um her her sister has I keep saying sister because I can't remember her older sister's name right now but What's crazy is that Sam Humphreys really sets us up where he can reveal a lot at the end. So he doesn't reveal everything at the beginning. And I love stories where they like reveal each issue, something new, something new, something new, because it makes it like a mystery kind of because you're trying to like, okay, now I need to start picking up on the clues. Um, Maybe I can predict this as I go. So it's kind of like a fun sort of thing for the reader. But oh my God, her mom is freaking rude. 
because mm. I can't cuss on here. She's rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a bee. <laughs> she's a bee for sure. So Nina goes into the other world and she finds out that her mom is totally in on all of this. And like, she's like, mom, you've been dead for like a decade or whatever. Hi, it's me, your daughter. Why aren't you hugging me or loving me or anything? And her mom's like, just kind of shuns her. And she's like, well, I'm part of this world now. And what's crazy is that this magical world what he could have done was make it like, hello, welcome to, I kind of, I kind of aligned it with like the Hercules, you know, the Disney Hercules cartoon, like Zeus and his wife, how it's very neon and like, this is utopia. It's like you get to this magical world and it is not utopia. They're actually the bad guys. Like there's some crap going down on that side, which is a lot of politics. Like it's really interesting. Like they had relationships and like they set up this whole scene and then it's like politics it's like the the mom versus the dad of the guy that nina's kind of talking to yeah, well, yeah. together. i liked him i liked him what was his name i forgot oh, gosh. yeah i, I know. don't know yeah but i know like- he's awesome he's cool he's like um he's like her guide into uh, the the magical world and in and clearly potential love interest, you know, down the road. Yeah, they almost kiss at one point. He's like the creeper at the bar, but he's actually protecting watching. her. Yeah. Right. But then she's like, Are you watching me? No, I'm not. I'm protecting you. It's like Okay, but you're still being creepy. Like yeah. <laughs> you're around me. <laughs> well, and we've talked about this before with, um, uh, well, with with female characters, both written by males and females. And uh, how, how do you think that uh, Sam Humphreys got the the voice down uh, for the main character? Did did he do a good job with the female voice? Yeah, absolutely. Especially like so. I mean, I'm not not to not to play my small violin here, but I was definitely like the outcast girl when it came to school. Like when I first got here from Nashville and I was in sixth grade, I got bullied for my accent. And so I was immediately like put into this category of like weirdo outsider, not one of us. So I totally understand where Nina's coming from. Um, but what was really cool was in the YouTube video that I was talking about, the panel that Sam, Sam and Jen, when they were talking, Sam actually ran a lot of things by Jen because he wanted to make sure that he got the female, female voice correct. Okay, good. Yeah. So I was like, uh, respect, like awesome. And, And I think that he did though, because it's like, she's, let's be honest, Nina's hot, even though she's a cartoon or, or a comic. She's hot. Oh, I oh yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like she's going through this life just kind of like being at a bar where people kind of pick up people or like she's doing drugs, like she's doing the and but she's still like but like you look at her and you it, like even as a reader you're like but you're beautiful. You're awesome. You have so much potential. Like you are intelligent and you just have all this trauma that you're carrying. Um, you know, so it was like she was a really heavy character you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. she carried it all throughout with her and everything that she went through just like it 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 like I don't know it was just it was heavy and I but to answer your question yes I liked how he wrote her she didn't make her like the hot female broad it was like like she was getting stuff done and she was discovering things and even at the end when we reveal her when he reveals her at that party wearing that like beautiful 
iridescent. I'll use that. That's the word. Neon and iridescent are the two adjectives for this comic book. Yeah. Um, the, the, she just looks stunning. You could definitely put like a synthwave uh, soundtrack <laughs> behind this comic book and it would be A-OK. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. What do you mean? Explain synthwave? Is that yeah, like, like, like uh, the midnight or stuff like that. Like the the whole 80s synthwave oh. uh, that's, that's uh, out now. You know, it's just... Yeah, synthwave. I don't know. Yeah, you have to look Ooh, it up. <laughs> they should make a soundtrack for this comic book because it totally could yeah. be like, like, uh, like clubbing kind of thing. Yeah, like, um, rave. That's the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, oh my exactly. Gosh. I'm like but, a rock and roll girl because I'm like, uh, uh, I think they have those raves. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but no, I mean that's that's what like is is great about it is that she's such a flawed and broken character, and it's because she's dealing with trauma and also not just trauma but like she's been lied to her whole life where she knew that magic was real but everyone's been telling her so now she's got to like deal with not only the trauma of thinking her mom died uh even though you know she finds out that her mom's not dead but when we meet her her mom's been dead for about 10 years and she's just dealing with that her you know and and it's just like yeah you it stinks because like you know, you could have dealt with your mom being dead. That's one thing. But then also knowing your entire life that mag- magic exists, but everyone telling you no, you're just going to go crazy being like, but I thought it was, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I kind of tuned into that. I liked, mm-hmm. you know, that aspect of it and everything. And I really liked, you know, her kind of t- overcoming her addictions. Yeah. It was kind of subtle. Through it, right? Yeah, pushing yeah. through it, basically. And, you know, and, and she never really had a moment where she, like, just threw the pills away or whatever because she kind of tried to, to dip back into them again. And I thought that was also real- realistic and believable because you always see people make these big grand gestures in, um, you know, uh, movies and comic books. But in actuality, for someone who like me who's quit smoking cigarettes and stuff like that, Sometimes mm-hmm. things end unceremoniously. Sometimes you never realize, oh, that was actually the last cigarette I'm ever going to have. Like you didn't like know it at the time. Like without knowing Some, it. Sometimes, yeah, it can, yeah. Go th- it can go that way. And I like that she never made like this big grand gesture of like pouring all her pills down, you know, like stuff like <laughs> yeah. that I, into the into the toilet and flushing them or something. I like that. Super cliche. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't go cliche in that realm. And so as far as like characters and stuff go i don't i think it did a good job of not being cliche and and whatnot it was more of like it was more of like the magical realm was i thought was a little bit more cliche but that's it that's all really you know the whole the whole magical realm the invisible magical realm thing type of type of thing but i feel like this magical realm is like the inside of my mind (laughs) that's great that's i mean that's awesome and 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 cliche doesn't always have to be like something that's that's bad it's just Mm -hmm. okay it's it i mean you get it you know what it is you can and you won't have to like put your head around it and you can get into it so it's it's weird i keep i keep backpedaling i feel like i keep saying something negative and backpedaling <laughs> but the truth is is that it, i liked it i enjoyed the comic and everything if anything it makes me want to also go read wicked and the divine again you know yes um, we're but definitely gonna no, read that yeah and we, we definitely will guys and gals you you heard it here but i mean there's no reason that the two of them cannot cohabitate and coexist on the bookshelves next to each other and there's no reason you can't love the wicked and the divine and love blackbird just as much as the same at the same time and and on and props props go to blackbird for the art uh that it definitely goes uh uh, the winner in in the two definitely goes to blackbird for that so i have this empty spot on my thigh that i want to get an awesome tattoo of and i'm just like i just want to be awesome artwork i just want it to be all 
of Jen Bartel artwork, like because it's sh- so beautiful. You, we should have a uh, Jen Bartel commission a picture of you in that style, and then you can put it on your your thigh. So it'd be I should get you a picture of me on my comic thigh. Book. Yeah, as a comic book on your own thigh, <laughs> but with like you know the neon hair or whatever you know. I'm just Is gonna that- get neon hair though. Actually, yeah. I'm just gonna turn into Nina, except without the trauma. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, where do you think this comic could go? Like, where do you, if you could predict, where do you think volume two could go? I don't know about volume two, but what I would like to see it go is to something big and epic. Like, it starts out at first, you know, this hidden thing, but I wouldn't see, I want to see by the end of the series run it changes the world meaning like like they've come out of their of hiding and like i want to see like 100 years in the future of humans and paragons living you know cohabitating and like what our futuristic society would look like because it's alluded to that the we forget his name but um the the, the maybe love interest of of the main character um he has like ideas of 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 helping civilians, quote unquote, they, they call them the non magic users. They just call them civilians. Like and muggles, it, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And he wants to come out and be like, look, we can help, like, we can all live better lives if, if, if we can help each other. You know, he wants to help. Or it's what he says now. I don't know if that's a lie or if that's going to be turned around later. But right now, he's saying that he wants to be that guy that kind of brings the worlds together and so maybe she'll be that bridge we don't know yet but i would like to see that i would like because yeah. at the end of at the end of harry potter if i remember correctly i mean like <laughs> the, the the normal world like our world nothing was really affected right like ma- magicians Correct. didn't come mm-hmm. out and it like people didn't know about it like i want to see something world altering in this world yeah i bet you they can't get like if they really want this comic book to run for a long time i think that volume two will be more like here is the magical world and here's what you think was your reality but was actually happening or a glitch in the matrix essentially like like here was a glitch where our worlds met and it was actually like it it wasn't you know what i'm saying like it was like you thought this was happening but it's actually from the magical world kind of thing yeah like um, like, yeah like like whenever you say oh deja vu is really this like you you want to see the like them give us like real world examples of how the paragons actually affected us like uh or be like uh the mandela effect or something uh it was caused by them do you you know what's that uh the mandela effect is um you can look it up. Uh, basically, there's a group of people. It's reason it's called the Mandela Effect is because there are a group of people that legitimately remember that Nelson Mandela died in um, prison in the 80s. And then there are then there is our reality, which is Nelson Mandela got out of prison in South Africa and became president. And he died like a couple years ago. Um, the so there's what? so you can ask people like hey when did Nelson Mandela die another one is um uh you might know this one remember that movie that Sinbad movie where he's like a genie yes uh, Shazam was it Shazam nope. no it wasn't nope. Shazam it nope. was like something like that yeah I know guess what it doesn't exist that's the Mandela effect you remember it <laughs> but it doesn't exist you can look it up online it's not out there it does not exist what no 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 that's not true no yep. it was Shaq it's Shaq. No, there is a Shaq one. There is a Shaq one, but there's also a lot of people also remember a Sinbad uh, uh, genie movie. Uh, remember the comedian Sinbad? A lot yeah, of people of remember. Yep, yeah, there are a lot of people remember a what? Sinbad genie movie. Doesn't Maybe they exist. mix it up with Shaq. 
Sorry. I don't know. No, I'm just saying did. that's, but that's the Mandela effect. And there's also um, Berenstein Bears. A lot of people remember yeah. uh, Berenstein being spelled uh, S T E I N. And yeah. then other people remember it being spelled S T A I N. Uh, one of them's wrong and one of them's correct. So the idea, though, is that the Mandela effect is that maybe there are alternate realities and we are mm. in alternate timelines and we are kind of like, kind of, it's like water, like times like water. And like we kind of go in and out of other timelines sometimes, like the, because our reality kind of overlap this is like some real deep conspiracy theory conversation i love conspiracy theories documentaries so 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 this is so this is your homework uh just google just google mandela effect and you will find a gazillion things to read about and it's super super interesting and you will start questioning your own memory and what is real and what what isn't real and I've, I've like, I've watched a lot of documentaries about like memory and how your memory can trick you and how you think something happened, but it didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, just like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> so just like, just like that, maybe parallel realities are over bleeding with one another, or maybe some, something happened. Somebody went back in time or some kind of magical spell is cast and some people remember, some people don't, but the people do remember it's kind of fuzzy, you know? Um, but yeah. I, so yeah, maybe they could bring it back to Blackbird. Maybe they can explain, you know, s- something like that. I like that yeah. kind of stuff too. I like when you take conspiracy theories and then add them and somehow add them into the world that you're you're reading about and and whatnot. I think it has. If anything, the takeaway is there's a lot of potential for Blackbird to go. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Like they could, I really think that they, I want to dive more into this world. Like yeah. what can it do? What, like, like the gems, like where do the gems come from? Right. Like, do they come, like who's the geologist of the gems? Like, <laughs> right. And, that's and, what I'm interested in. And like, what do other covens in Europe look like? You know, yes. because we've only seen, well, shoot, what is, what does New York look like? And you could, that's, that's the cool thing about this comic. I feel like you could globe trot, you can go anywhere mm-hmm. and you can just see that. I want and I want to see that like i want to see covens from all over the world come together and do something and see what that looks like you know mm-hmm. and tell us the history of what it was like before they had to go into hiding and yeah. why they had to go into hiding. They, they're kind of just like yeah the the humans didn't really like us and that's it but i'm curious like what was the big event where they're like right. you know what we got to go into hiding nobody can know about us magic doesn't exist everybody that thinks it exists is crazy just tell them they're crazy like yeah you know, so there's just and, so much potential. And I like the fact that in this world, um, in order to become this magician type of person, this paragon, they have you have to die and then come back. Yeah. Um, so like and then you saw those two like basically God and the devil, uh, you know, those two characters. I like seeing those. I want to get more into that. Uh, and I mm-hmm. liked how the the quote unquote the devil one. He looks more like um uh, Anubis, you know, he's got like the hound head. He almost looks like, uh, yeah. almost like a dog man, like a werewolf, but it's kind of like Anubis esque, you know, yeah, but that's, creepy. but that's maybe where the Egyptians got the idea of Anubis Ooh. from, you know, type of thing. I like that. So I definitely want to see more of this world. I want yes. to dive more into it. And, um, but like if Jen doesn't do the artwork for it, I don't know if I would be as into it that, you know what, honestly, like, comic books and i'll say this a thousand more times comic books is like half story half artwork dude Mm. like the whole like the story like the artwork is not just like oh who's gonna do the art i'll just pick whoever it's like it's half of the writing it's it it does the other half of the storytelling it gives you 
a visual, mm. you know? And so, it, yeah, you can't change up artists. Do you know of a comic book that's ever changed up an artist and everybody's like, um, what the Oh, heck? it happens all the time, especially on like DC and Marvel and stuff like that. Um, it, less so on these image stuff, like these independent image comics. Um, it's usually a very strong creative team. Um, but Marvel and DC all the time, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll be reading an, uh, an artist that you love and then boom, they're off of it. Uh, like one of my, I was reading like, uh, this comic by dark horse, um, aliens defiance. And one of my favorite artists, Tristan Jones was drawing him, was drawing it for a while. And then he was off it. And I was like, I just left. I just got off it. And by the Dang. way, uh, we, we follow him on, on Instagram and, uh, he's really, uh, he's awesome. Like he'll actually talk back and, and, you know, communicate. Cool. I, I like artists that actually, if you, if you make a comment, they'll actually reply. Like he yeah. actually freaking replies. And every time he does, I'm always like, oh, you know what I mean? But, uh, he, he draws, <laughs> <I> my, <know. laughs> he draws my favorite, uh, um, um, colonial marines from aliens and my favorite you Xenomorphs. love aliens i do i do it. i need to watch that movie i've never seen it <laughs> yeah yes you do because one day we'll be reading <laughs> aliens comics so <laughs> okay i'm down i've heard it's really like scary yeah it is it's scary <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's a horror uh, sci-fi yeah. flick. <laughs> but uh but yeah it, it happens a lot but a lot of times if it's a if it's a comic like this um, and I'm not saying that this is 100% it, but like sometimes comics like this, the creative team is the team. Like, you know, if, if the writer left, the artist probably wouldn't continue it. You know, right. they're, they're so connected together. And yeah. so I get the feeling that she probably will be around for this, you know, uh, yeah. barring knock on wood any kind of like health issues or whatever but um oh yeah, so yeah sweet i know of you to be concerned <laughs> but yeah please that, don't die we yeah, need you because <laughs> we love your artwork uh but uh yeah so that's yeah i don't yeah but it, it does happen and when it happens it stinks and um and to what you were just saying i mean shoot i'll actually argue that comic books are 75 percent art 25 percent writing um because a lot of times even if the same writer's on and, and a different artist comes on that i'd like less i'll I'll drop it, you know, like oh, I'll, like I'll always yeah. err on the side of the artist because I, f I feel like it's a visual medium first and foremost. And really, and we've said this a gazillion times on the podcast. There is nothing wrong with picking up a comic because you think it's gorgeous and you find out that mm, it's not really that great, like writing wise or whatever. Like I would say 80% of 75 to 80% of my comics in my collection, I picked up because I thought the artwork was good and <laughs> the story turns out good that's just a bonus that's just yeah. a happy accident <laughs> we've read a lot of comics where it's just like even like mr miracle we three where it's just a page of art and the art is the only thing telling the story even though the writer probably wrote the story yeah. but like if their art wasn't there the story wouldn't be told yeah. like we didn't do this one on the podcast but i read this one vampironica i literally read it all six issues in an hour because there's minimal words like but it's like you said it's that one is like 97 percent artwork three <sighs> percent you know like writer or words or whatever but yeah yeah i totally agree i love it it's just um it's different it's and, cool i mean and there's of course there's a bevy of like artists on, on this book that you look in the back and uh you know they don't really get much credit like there's a this right comic has, a, has a layout artist and that's just somebody that basically uh scribbles uh you know like um storyboards almost does like a storyboard 
for Jen. So Jen doesn't have to think about how the page is going to be laid out. And then she can just draw from the storyboard that the, that this other layout artist kind of drew. And, you know, yeah. like he, he might just draw like, like kind of sketches, like how or lay the page out like this, do some scribbles right there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that his job is a scribbler, but what I'm saying is that, no. that, that it's another important job that gets overlooked just like the letterer and all that kind of stuff, but it's not a job that is always used. So maybe, yeah. maybe Jen always works with him. I don't know. It could be her, his, her husband or boyfriend or something. And they work in tandem. There's, there's like, unlike movies, you, you have a film background. I have kind of a film background in film. Jobs are very chiseled, you know, like this yeah. is that job. There's not a lot of, jobs. Y- yeah. In comic books, it is not as standardized, you know, like there is no standard script for how a comic book script should be presented. Now, I'm sure that in DC and, and in the offices, they have internal standardizations that they use, but it's not like a movie script where every movie script is 100% exactly the same, like as far as like um, U- uh, US movies go, you know, um, yeah. and, and, and so like, the comic book, it's a lot more fluid. The create the creative process in comic books is a lot more fluid because it's only like a handful of people versus hundreds of people. And that's why that's, that's why movie scripts have to be so standardized because you have a hundred different people having to look at it for their particular field. Like, you know, a makeup artist isn't looking at the dialogue. They're just looking at where their their character that they're using doing the makeup on, what pages they're on. Like everyone is looking at a movie script under different lenses and different eyes. And you have a hundred different people doing it. So it has to be standardized. Whereas yeah. comic books don't. They can just it's because a, a lot of t- at its at its smallest core at its smallest core, it can be one person doing the writing and the art. The next smallest core could be just one writer doing everything and then one artist doing everything from layouts to to their own pens, to their own colors, to their own painting. You know what I mean? Like it could just be two people. And then you can kind yeah. of like go out and go out. But honestly, it kind of maxes out like around five or six people. There's really not much more use Which for is that cool. many people. Yeah. I think that's yeah. cool. It's like a small team. And I would love to get a guest on here who's a writer and artist of a comic book because like honestly I don't know how it goes down I could read it on the on online all day but like when I really started working in production I was like there is nothing that can explain what actually goes on unless you're actually working on a film or a tv show you know and I would love to know like I want to be if I'm wrong on what I said before and for you as well like I want to be corrected like I want to know how does it work what is the process from start to finish like what do you like do you stay up late at night and they call you and they're like hey can you just draw this panel real quick you know do tomorrow what do the deadlines look like like i would love to know the process Agreed. I, like i'm so interested yeah that's me too so it's i mean i i know some things like i know a lot of times kind of standard like at least for dc and and marvel uh studios like the artist needs to be able to do one page a day uh, just pencils yeah. you know just pencils but uh, i think one page a day is pretty um pretty standard um i'm sure some artists work faster some artists work slower but i'm with you i would love us one day and i think we will to have like an actual uh, yes. either comic book writer or artist or both or, or you know one at a time or whatever just to kind of 
give us an insider view as to how it all uh, works out. My buddy uh, uh, Jim Kahorik, he works over at Diamond, but he used to, um, or I believe he still does, he writes, um, but he used to write a lot of the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead comics back in the day and whatnot. So uh, he, he's expressed interest in being available to come on the show. Yeah, come um, on. So come we'll on. probably get him on here at some point. Please, give um, me his email. I'll be like, hey, yeah. you, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did test does all the most of the booking uh, things. Uh, I love doing it. That's what I, I do in real life. That's what I get paid for 40 hours a week to be a coordinator for a production. So I'm like happy to do it on this show too. I'm like, oh, I can actually use that skill for yeah. what I'm actually passionate about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm same with you. I would love to just get that. I, I love, um, I always love inside baseball stuff, even if it's stuff like uh, industries that I don't uh, know anything about. I love learning like insane uh, idiosyncrasies or you know what I'm trying to say like I like the minutiae sometimes of learning about what an average day is for any anybody like any professional field I find that vastly interesting uh doubly so if it's actually a field that I care about like comic books and and movies and stuff so yeah but um um, overall I would like would you recommend this to I was uh, just about to say say that to you (laughs) I mean we have the same timing don't you so let's say at the same time a review ready and no I'm just kidding (laughs) you go Uh, first bud what'd you think yes short answer yes short answer absolutely i would absolutely recommend this even if you've read wicked in the divine um doubly so i I would just give the warning i'm like yeah if you like wicked in the divine you're gonna dig this um same if you like this go check out wicked in the divine but uh i think they can both (laughs) cohabitate and i think that this has a lot of room to grow and i would like to see where it goes so i wouldn't even have a problem with us uh doing a follow-up on the second trade I, we're not going to do the individual issues, but you know, at the end of this year, when yeah. whenever the second trade comes out, um, the uh, the second volume, I'm totally down to to do that for this and, and keep going with it because I do want to see where it goes. Yeah, that'll be the first time we review like a second volume. So, yeah. Oh, how cool! Look at that! Look at us moving on up. Um, but I would definitely recommend this to anyone, especially new comic book readers, because the story is from the beginning. Very relatable, magical, B-E-A-utiful, and it just draws you in. So if you have somebody who, if you know somebody who's a new comic reader and they're looking for one to dive into and they live in LA, which Mm -hmm. would be an extra points because they'll totally understand why you don't have relationships with anybody on the West Side um, (laughs) because that's a long distance relationship, they will definitely enjoy this. I I highly recommend this one. And and just show them the cover. Yes. My goodness gracious. Yeah. And and it's got strong female characters, which I really like. Um, You know, and I don't think the characters are cliche at all in this in this book. I don't think any of the characters are. And I think they're all handled very well. And yeah, that's what I that's what I really, really loved about this. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would recommend it to people. I think it's an easy read. It's not like it's not too heavy. It's not too like uh, there's not really much going on that I didn't really understand. You know, like it's all pretty much there. And it's it's fairly digestible um, and just the, the artwork is just the, the icing on the cake for it. You know, you can just go back and just relook at it. It's worth owning just to keep going. It's shoot. I'd, I'd, I'd own it on hardback just to put it on my, my coffee table. You know what I mean? Like that's how yeah. beautiful the art is. 
I know. So. I wish. I hope Jen Bartel comes out with just a coffee table book of just her, just her art. Even her Instagram. I'm like sharing everything. I don't know how to not share everything. I know. I, 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 you sent it to me, and then I sent it to my wife. That picture of uh, Princess Leia that she did, yeah. and I mean that's just gorgeous. Like I just <sighs> love her neon style. Yeah. It's, it's just great. It's great. And listen to Synthwave, guys. Go if you're gonna read this comic, <laughs> just go, go, just go download like uh, the Midnight or something like that, or FM84, and and you'll you'll get it. You'll get the vibe. Uh, yeah. it's basically nighttime driving music with, you know, the windows down, you know, and the, the lights, you know, going overhead type of thing. We should um, have that running the background of this entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope, ca- I hope Blackbird catches on and everybody starts to like, I would let like her cosplay would be awesome. Like she, if she becomes like a superhero ish type person and yeah. I'm yeah. all about it. Well, didn't uh, I thought this won some award, like an Eisner Award or something think, like that? I think I, you mentioned at the beginning, or maybe it's on the back of the cover or something. Um, but yeah. Well, I, the artist is an Eisner Award winning oh, gotcha. artist for Mighty Thor. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm curious. Yeah. You know what? Now that let's, I'm thinking about it, let's she read did, Mighty Thor. <laughs> let's read Mighty Thor. First of all, second of all, I'm curious who if she did the female Thor for Mighty Thor. Like, because she did the Natalie Portman Thor. She she made it, I mean, obviously it's not Natalie Portman in the comic book, but like, what if she did the female? I'm curious. I yeah. need to look into this. I, yeah, I mean, need to I look into this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything either. So I'm uh, 100% uh, down to go ch- ch- basically check out Jim, more Jen Bartel's work. So I'm, I'm totally, yeah. totally down for that. So if you, we want to, if we want to dive into Mighty Thor, um, I'm, I'm down with that. So let's, yeah. uh, let's figure that out. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just look at it. I'm mean, just, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm just looking at the back cover. That's it, you know. Uh, you get just, lost in it. I it's, know. it's like hypnotizing. I know. I but, know. Um, Ma- well, mag- good. Magic is like water. Your heart is a fountain. That's the that's kind of the catchphrase for it. Yeah. But so yeah, this is a good one. Thank you, uh, Tess. And also, um, we were gonna do a, a like a video review instead, like of a show or something. But um, I'm glad we did this. I'm really really yeah. glad we did this. And also too, I, I knew you were excited about it, so I was really mm-hmm. excited to to get your take on it too. I'm super excited about it. And I like that this podcast continues to be like, what do you recommend? What do I recommend? What if somebody else recommend? Like, it's it's very, very diverse. Do we have uh, our next uh, next week's thing laid out? I can't even remember at this point. Oh, my I, gosh. Uh, you're asking me. And let me just talk while I'm pulling up the Google Sheets. The, the so calendar. We can, <laughs> the it's calendar. On, it's on the calendar. And I know. I, I told Corey. I was like, Corey's like, what are we? I was like, it's on the calendar. It's on the calendar. I can, I can kind of hear you in my head saying it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, actually, um, IDK, man. Um, oh, that that's actually right, blank. Because, that's because you're. Do... Is that because you're moving that week? I think I'm right? moving, but and here we are talking about business on here. But we're actually we're caught up, my friends. Yeah. We can <laughs> we can <laughs> we can release one one early. But uh, no, we'll be good. We won't be won't have to skip a week. But I would love to do Miss Marvel because it is marvelous March. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we that. have you guys. March is stacked with some 
awesome guests. I'm so excited. We have three guests in March. I'm so excited. And we're guesting on uh, another show ourselves. Um, funny Within thing is- Within the BFOP network. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that it that show might be out. Now. I don't know when Tim's going to put it out, but yeah, uh, in a couple hours, Tess and I are going to go record um, our, our review of The Wake by Vertigo Comics on Talking Back, which are who yes. are also in the BFOP network. Uh, so, so that'll be fun. So you, we'll announce that on our Instagram. For I sure. don't know when it's coming out, so we'll figure that out. But yeah. Tess, where can we find you out there in cyberspace? Cyberspace, cyberspace. You can find me on Instagram at Tessianos. That's T E S double L A N O S. And Mr. Corey, where can we not find you? <laughs> because you're everywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm always most active on Instagram. You can find me uh, at Corey Nation. Um, you know, both of us are, are very active on the OCD podcast Instagram. Um, and then, guys, you know, I'm on Podcast After Dark, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, uh, this one, occasionally on The Blast from Our Past, yada, yada, yada. But all of these podcasts can be found at www.bfopnetwork.com if you need to find any of the the links there are you know so we have basically a website for all of the podcasts in our network and you can go and get any kind of podcatcher links that you want from there um and on that it's basically we have a retro podcast network is what it is essentially a collection of yeah. a bunch of different retro podcasts but uh our buddies talking back they're new they're they're new to the group they're there uh our friends over at friday five podcast our friends at blast from our past podcast so we're six podcasts uh, strong now on our little Yee. on our little network that could so the, yeah, yeah. That's us. and uh don't forget guys if you love us um please review us on apple podcasts because it really really helps us out and Corey and I work super hard we love this podcast so if you do too please just head on over to Apple Podcasts give us a little review poo and uh, maybe we'll give you a shout out I don't know maybe probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah those those really help and, and, and like I said it's not vanity it's uh, that's the way mm. Apple kind of chooses to show you up in the searches you know bring you up to to new people in searches it's the more reviews you have the higher you so, show up in searches essentially so we yeah. appreciate all the five-star yes. reviews that we already have uh you guys are all guys and gals you guys are all fantastic and thank you thank you thank you so mm -hmm. much for that and uh we we have a uh, big things that we're growing the show with this year so keep keep your eyes out we got some good stuff coming we got a yeah. lot of good guests coming we have some ideas for some possible spin off shows coming yeah. so we got some stuff coming guys we're having a lot of fun with this but we appreciate all the help that you've guys given us because we could not be growing as fast as we're growing without you all so it's a hundred percent you all beautifully said and so i'll just go ahead and send us off thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of ongoing comic book discussion podcast my name is tess and i'm Corey. and that's Corey. thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll see you next week Perfecting slug. This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week 
for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.